Hello and welcome to the MS Improv Podcast, where we engage, where we are mindful, and we tell or share our stories. I am Eric Chase, and we are powered by GEMS. Ladies and gentlemen, and however you identify today, my guest is a fantastic person. We have been communicating for a whole uh, seven days, uh, mostly through text message, and we were uh, introduced through a uh, a colleague, if you will, a mentor, a, a teacher, a trainer, a physician, friend uh, of ours. And uh, when I heard this story, I had to reach out and ask if if uh, my guest would would come on and share with us all some of the things that she's doing and why she finds it important. My guest is Crystal Little. Um, she's an ADAPT health coach. She is uh, a yoga instructor, and we'll get more into that. She is a 19-year paramedic, and she's on the command staff of the agency for which she works. One of the cool things that I have found, um, before it was even brought to me by um, this person that introduced us, was in EMS World Magazine uh, feature story, Nervous System Resuscitation for First Responders by Crystal Little. Crystal Little, um, I want to welcome you, and we'll get more into the who's, the what's, the why's, and the how's of you and your backstory, your current, your present, and so on. But a big again, welcome. Thank you for having me. Very well, excited to be here. Well, I'm grateful for that. And for those of us that can't see your smile, um, I, I appreciate that radiating and emanating across the screen. And for those of you that may be new to podcasting because you know Crystal or, or you like the topic and how we're going to title it, um, I want to welcome you and, and open yourselves up to the opportunity, this experience that we're going to share in uh, one of the or three of the core values that Crystal shared with me are growth, connection, and wellness. And putting that together with engaging mindfulness and stories, I think we're going to have a very good conversation. And I want to be open to the opportunity of this experience as well as to each of you. So I can ask you a thousand questions and I'll ask you one. Why are you doing what you're doing today? And what was the impetus and where was that, that fall that could have been tragic for you in your life? Oof, oh man. Yeah, that's one question, but it's a big one. <laughs> yes. So um, I think like most of us, we feel a bit lost in life for most of our life. Like you, we follow these paths. I end up as a firefighter paramedic. I have no idea how I got there, but I ended up there. Um, and through just life, life experiences, good and bad, I, I, I guess you'd call it the, uh, what do they call it? The midlife crisis <laughs> happened, which was maybe sooner than others, but I was about 35 when I just had this rock bottom moment, a lifetime of, um, not knowing how to self-regulate and reaching for things outside of myself to to make me better in the moment or you know that instant gratification uh kind of took me down a really dark path and while i was climbing out of that hole i discovered my purpose uh and you know i'm i'm pretty confident in that now um but really i i feel like my purpose like, like you said growth connection wellness connection with people um, allowing them to be seen and heard, but really guiding others. I, I had to find all my answers within. And once that clicked, that I didn't need to be reaching outside of myself or anything else, not advice, not a thing, not a an activity, it was all within, I realized, oh man, this is really what I want to do. There's plenty of people that are struggling um, physically, mentally, emotionally, and they they keep looking outside themselves. And my passion is really just to guide them back home, a remembering of who they are, the magic that they hold within. And that's that's really my passion. I love that you said looking inward and the magic that we all have. Um, this, this came up and I'm gonna dare to lead a three-day seminar uh, based upon uh, Brene Brown's work uh, with the uh, the leader that's here for these three days, and I'm in day two. One of the things that we were talking about was being chosen, and we are one of only one. There will never be another Crystal. There will never be another Eric. And and with vulnerability and or self awareness to be able to look inward and and start connecting to the things that get us to be the best that we can be, 
without all these other outside forces. And uh, our granddaughter is is adopted. And, you know, she's already at eight. I don't want to be a part of this family. And she knows. And, and at the same time, I've had the conversation with her that she was specifically and implicitly chosen by mommy and daddy to be in our family. And one of the things that I think we fail to do within ourselves is, is have enough strength in that vulnerability to honor and, and have respect and have dignity for ourselves, which no one can give us or take away. We just won't, if we don't honor it in ourselves, it's not shining. Exactly. So you're, you're doing some amazing things. And, and I want to highlight, let's, if we can go to the article first, because it, it kind of sure. highlights your purpose. You had that transformative fall. And then you had that transformational mm-hmm. adjustment, which is giving you the, the sense of peace uh, to have the dignity, the self-respect, to be the connecting to yourself, that oneness, that own, that that ability to shine and resonate in other people then, and, and also have healthy boundaries. So if we can go to that article for a second, um, what what was the impetus or the precipita- uh, precipitating factor for you to write that article and what what was your goal so in this darkness that I experienced right I was and I really I had this my job is very rewarding right working in as a first responder fire rescue like it is a rewarding career but I was in this place where I needed to create this hard line between like my my yoga my meditation my cold plunging all these things that I do I wanted to create this hard line to like I had two worlds and um, breath work, all these things that I do. And I was like very, I used to be very involved in the department teaching, doing all these things. And I, I don't know if that was part of my burnout, probably I'm sure it contributed. So um, command staff, I've got eight stations at the time and in, in under me. And, you know, I started teaching yoga at the stations. They found that I was a yoga teacher. Like, Hey, will you come do yoga with us? So it was like, Sure. Uh, I do yoga with those guys very differently. They're a bunch of two by fours. They're not very flexible. So I teach very different to them <laughs> than I do in a studio, right? It's it's different. I teach hot, powerful yoga, you know, but these are crazy women. These guys, they they want they want to feel good. So mobility, flexibility things. And I would guide them through meditation. I've even guided them through some cold water. I have a cold water, uh, Morosco cold water certification, um, guiding down regulation processes. So I would start guiding them and then a um, one of my firefighters, who's actually become a pretty close friend, him and his girlfriend, started coming to my breathwork uh, workshops. And he was like, you need to bring this to the department. And I was like, no, no, I don't want to, I, I want to keep this separate. And he was like, I'm just telling you. And then that, that kind of planted a seed in me because I was very involved and I was in the committees. I did all the things. Um, and I just started thinking, I said, you know what, maybe maybe this is time. Maybe I have now like kind of mended a lot of myself that I was able to now give a little bit more. So I started asking questions, making connections. Um, I had a meeting with my EMS chief and asked him like, how do I do this? And he was like, I got to think about it. And about a month later, he said, I think you need to write an article. He, he and I come up through the ranks together. And so he, when he started talking to me, he was like, man, I don't even know you anymore. We had, we hadn't really talked in like 10 years, like we, you know, other than passing. And he was like, I think you need to write about what you're doing and what you went through. And he's like, and we'll just see what happens from there. So I would never thought of myself as a writer. Turns out I got something to say and I'm, I've been told that I can write. So we'll, we'll see where this goes from there. But that's how this all came about. Somebody planted a seed and I found the right person to guide me to my next move because I didn't know. So what what I hear, and you were open to whether it was a transactional interaction or somebody that you were in stronger or deeper relationship with to have planted that seed. You were present, you heard, you received, mm-hmm. however it came into your core, your being, your your sense of spirit. Then you were unafraid or and maybe even afraid to ask how this goes forward. Oh, yeah. Yet you set the next steps in motion. Um, some of the things that you wrote, and I want to read that because that kind of gets to the how, um, mm-hmm. can I read a couple of your words for the Absolutely. listeners that don't have it? 
So you're asking a question, first of all. So you're already getting buy-in. And, and this is how, if, if I'm going to self-associate with somebody where I'm interested in listening or reading, I want to know that, there's, that they've got skin in the game, if you will. And you're already right from the onset of this article. Have you ever been so exhausted that you can't sleep? Can't shut your brain down when it's time to relax? Wake up at 3 a.m., wheels turning, ready to go, to be exhausted only by mid-morning or mid-afternoon. Um, you, you then start asking, do you have sleep disturbances, including insomnia, drowsiness, brain fog, irritability, restlessness, impaired concentration, mood swings? The checkbox were all going off for me when I started reading this. So I know at this point, and, and we, asks our, we ask ourselves, well, what does this person know? Why, are they, why do I value their time? Why am I going to give time to them to read an article or, or listen to them? Well, one, because you've, you've lived a very shared experience with first responders, veterans, healthcare workers, um, humans, mothers, parents, humans. fathers, right? Human, human beings. This is human. This isn't a, a, an occupational hazard. This is a human uh, life that, that we're dealing with. And COVID is, is astronomically made it worse for so many people with isolation oh, yeah. and disassociation. Um, and with that, then you say, you know what? You know, I might be like half in or, or quarter of the way in, and all of a sudden I hear or I read in this article hitting rock bottom. I'm like, holy hell, somebody else has been there. And no matter how many times I talk about this, I have to be reminded that it's okay because someone else has been there. Mm -hmm. And there are ways out. And you're very eloquent and articulate. And when you say, and, and out from your web page and then from talking with you, my ways are not necessarily going to be your ways. And yet mm -hmm. it's a start. And if we put one foot in front of the other, our spirit out there to be healthier, to be mended, to start looking at our core self. So because you've asked these questions, you've experienced these things, I'm already seeing buy-in. And then I get this text from Dr. Antevi that says, <laughs> hey, I know this person. You may or may not know her. She's written this article. And I said, yep, I've seen it. Would you be interested in maybe having a conversation with her? I'm like, yes. So. If you're willing to, Crystal, we know how you're in relationship with people. You have a centeredness, uh, a sense of self, and, and a connectedness to core, which gives you a sense of power, peace, strength, well-being, and all those things. Why did you hit rock bottom and you weren't practicing these things, I'm assuming, before? Or were you practicing some of these things, but just not as, as uh, intently? So, yeah, I, so I, a lot of these therapies came in later. I had been doing yoga for a long time, but my intention behind the yoga was uh, a workout and a stretch. And for like my first few years of even doing it, I would leave before the meditation. Uh, so some of these things, but my intention behind it was very different. Um you know, I go into a lot. I mean, my diet was always pretty good and exercise was always a thing, but the type of exercise I was doing was, was another, you know, uh, nervous system stimulant, right? I was like, I had to be constantly stimulated one way or another. Uh, the rock bottom there's, you know, we talk about creating safety so that you can be vulnerable. Um, I wasn't in a very safe place in my home. I was not in a very safe relationship, which added, that was just another thing. Um, I had sold two homes. I was in the process of buying a home. This was like the the catalyst. This was the what put me over the edge because I lived on the edge for all those years. I was never really regulated at all. And I would reaching for all the things, alcohol, this, that, whatever. Um, but that summer I had sold two homes, was buying a home. And on closing day, my homes were sold. I had to go. Uh, closing day, the sellers defaulted. Now I'm 35 years old. I have to pack up my house, put it in storage and move back to my childhood bedroom because I had nowhere to go. <laughs> and um, that was challenging. Um, in the midst of all that, what did I do? What everybody else does. I have a stressful moment. I went out and proceeded to drink and make bad decisions, um, which then just left me in a deep shame cycle. And I didn't have the support to to help pull me out of that. In fact, it was quite the opposite. So not only was I living on the edge and working a bunch of jobs and training and doing all these things and not really taking care of myself, although on the outside, it looked like I had it all together. Um, on the inside, 
there was no dignity or self-respect or by zero boundaries. Um, so all of that kind of just came crashing down on top of me. And, you know, in this process, I had eventually found a home and all this. And, and it was post like kind of getting myself back to a, a normal, like secure spot, like my root, my home. But that emotional shame cycle was still just dragging me down. And by November of that year, I was sitting on the couch with a loaded gun and really was just like, I can, in my belief, you take the, wherever you're at in life, when you die, you take your karma and you take it with you to your next life. And I believe we keep coming back to live our lessons, to learn our lessons, our soul lessons. And then once you've completed it, once you like save the princess, you get to go to heaven or whatever's after this. Um, so that's my personal belief. And so I really sat there and I was like, well, I can take the karma of everything I've accumulated up to this point and just come, you know, do not pass go, do not collect $200 and just come back and probably experience it all again, but maybe I'll be better equipped. And, uh, somebody came home, found me. And like, it was like this, he's looking at me and he's like, you don't even want to do this. I could see this, but what, like, I was so stuck. I was in this just stuck place where I didn't want to do it, but I didn't, I didn't know another way. I didn't know another way. And luckily I just, I had somebody with me and then, you know, you sleep, you get good rest. And then, you know, I, I had already been on a mission to find, we have an employee assistance program. Fantastic. We get 52 visits a year. Um, and I had already gone through other, other doctors, but I just wasn't making progress. Um, it's just some, some, I was a broken record. And at this point, I was just at such a dark place that um, I'm like, I need to try this again. In fact, I was actually working with a doctor, not through our, our program, who did not help at all. He actually um, also created some shame for me, making me relive certain things. So I had it coming at all at me at all angles. Um, so when I, I, I just said, I, I got to get out of this. And I had just, I just shifted perspective maybe or shifted my intention with the things I was doing and I started just searching for whatever I could and I didn't understand what I was why these things were calling me cold plunge who wants to get in 30 degree weather nobody <laughs> <laughs> nobody um but I you know I listened to podcasts and I was like the books and the podcasts and I was just I was so hungry for the outside information. Some, one of these things was going to fix me. I was going to listen to a podcast. It was going to change my life. I was going to read this book and it was going to fix it all. That's not really what happened, but I did get a lot of information and enough for me to start to explore. I'm very open-minded. I try not to have a conclusion. I try to be open to all possibilities. My point of view can shift at any time, given new information. So I just started looking and I just kept following my intuition every time I was like, maybe I should do this. I let's go jump in some cold water. Let's do sauna. <laughs> let's do this breath. Like I was on the hunt for breath work, but I didn't know what kind of breath work I was looking for. I did all kinds of stuff. Like, nope, this isn't it. Nope, this isn't it. And I, when I did this, this was what what worked for me. I was like, yep, this is what I needed. It helped really decompress, um, express, um, de-stress my nervous system. Like. It's like uh, having a really good cry and you feel, ah, and you're just like, all right, you feel a calmness. That's what that gives me. Um, the cold plunge would be like the complete opposite that you're invigorated, the dopamine, you're like, yes, but it's this euphoria and it still allows me to downregulate. So that was a really long way to answer that question, but, um, you know, series of events took me down a deep hole and then. I just had to make a choice and then follow my inner guidance. Wonderful uh, vulnerability <laughs> first and foremost. So I want to thank you and I, and I see you, I hear you. I, I, I want to acknowledge that share um, because people are listening and, and, and they are looking for hope. They are looking for answers. They're looking for things. And, and this isn't specifically the way to find them. And, and the hope and the goal in, in having these conversations and sharing these stories is that there's a connectivity to something within self to get you through or to be that stopgap or, or a, a directional beacon to say there is, there can be, there will be. And you've said, uh, team, you know, firefighters, uh, this person showed up. 
And we, we all are hoping and yearning for relational interactions. And, and because of trauma and guilt and shame, a lot of times we become transactional, not only with people outside of the us, but in our own makeup, our own personas, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and what we expect and, and, and having then an unhealthy biome, an unhealthy me, uh, is, is the antithesis of anything being received. So do I need a pro and a prebiotic? Probably. I'm not taking either because to hell with both of them, right? I failed well enough on my own. I'm not going to need or seek advice, opinion, counsel from anyone. And that's the dark state. And I was there 30 years ago with the gun in my hand right beside me. Um, and the reason I'm still here today is because my son, my child at the time, came to my, my, my third eye, my mind's eye, and said, what will I have to live with and like in that event? Mm. Uh, in the event you did this. So what, what trauma, because of me not having an answer and me taking my life, Right. So that whole perpetuates perpetuation uh, of the cycle, right. Uh, of guilt, shame, trauma, because what I, what I learned growing up was how to, how to solve problems was to drink the problems away. Right. <laughs> and, and so we talk about when you had to go home and I want to go back for a second and in counseling and trainings that I've done in, in a part of for veterans or other organizations, we talk about, um, adverse childhood experiences you know and for many of us you having to go back home even if it was for a temporary time did that manifest any adverse child experiences which then compounded all the issues that you were feeling and and it may or may not have but when you said that i thought holy moly was this one of those other ways to help the universe is trying to suck you into this negative space because of all these experiences and catalysts that were going on and now you're seeing them in 3D uh, vision mm. when you hadn't experienced them before or because you'd suppressed them. Wow, that's so interesting. Hadn't really considered that, but I did have some memories come up that I had suppressed for a very long time, not necessarily having to do with uh, like childhood or parents. It was things that happened in adolescence that I just, I mean, I didn't tell anybody. And uh, I wonder now that you say that, if that, if having to go back home, cause it wasn't during that, was it during that time period? Might've been, but there was some, in that, that period of whatever that was April to November, there was a lot of memories that I had uncovered that, um, or I just, I guess, let out. And I, now that you say that, I bet you moving back home had something to do with that. Huh. It hit me and in, in going through counseling and therapy and doing EMDR personally. And then uh, when my therapist asked me to Tell me what the general public would say if they were looking inside your living room window. What you know? What Norman Rockwell bullshit would they have seen, uh, or what were you trying to show everyone? Because heaven forbid, you know, they know the truth about the Chase family. Um, mm. You know, and and then when I was able to do that, and and Daniel Sundahl was on a few weeks ago talking about him making his art to make the real world into a safe two D space, right? That he has created. And he's processed through creating that art. Um, so I, I was just curious, and, and I appreciate your, your thoughtfulness yeah. and, and response to that. One of the things that you said very early on, and I like to be cognizant of it, and I know you are, when you say dysregulated, um, from mm-hmm. your words to the, to the listening audience, you know, you talked about the symptoms, you know, that's the insomnia, it's the restlessness, the anxiety, the agitation, depression. Um, can you share with the audience what you're talking about when you mean uh, the dysregulated state that uh, many of us often are in or can get into if we don't put up these, these right. podcasts? So I spoke mainly in the sympathetic state just because when I wrote this, I'm a first responder and I can be a bridge to um, kind of open the eyes and maybe create a different thought process around this mental health. It's not just in the mind. It's a It's a full body approach, but you could also be the complete opposite, extremely parasympathetic and feeling lethargic and not finding joy in the things you do, like more on like the depression, like side of that. And, and that looks different for everybody, but the dysregulation, when I speak of in layman's terms, um, it just, 
it's like, it's like those symptoms, right? I didn't know how to bring myself back to baseline. So we did a breathing exercise before we got onto this um, platform to have a conversation. But in order to center ourselves, we take a couple of deep breaths, we drop into the body and we find this sense of calm, this neutrality where you could easily shift to excitement, to joy, back to neutral. Maybe even it's frustration and maybe it's road rage. You can be super calm. You can have, you know, somebody cut you off and you life frosts before your eyes. And then ah, let's take a deep breath and we're back to baseline because you're, you realize, okay, that was a scare, but I'm safe and I can come right back. How many of you get stuck in the, the agitation, the thought, the ruminating thought, or you have a, uh, an argument with your kid or your spouse or your a work colleague, and you're now thinking about that all day long. You keep going back to that event. You keep reliving it and your body doesn't know the difference if it's actually happening or if it's a thought because the physiological response is the same. So when I say dysregulated, it's when you don't have the ability to come back to neutral or it's you know, an extended period of time, like maybe it takes you a day. When I have a, when I have a stress dump, there's a lot of physical things that happen when I have a, a really big, you know, like, and, and sometimes it's taken me, I can, I can be calm, but my body, my physical body will take sometimes a week or two to regulate. But I'm very aware of that now where I would, I was completely disconnected from my body years ago. Now I'm like, oh, I know what this is from. And I'm not trying to fix it with a thing because I know it, my body needs to flush out the cortisol and the, and the adrenaline that it it dropped from whatever event happened. So when I say dysregulated, I basically mean what's your ability to come back to neutral in a in a relatively quick time frame, you know, given the the circumstance, you know. Um, even my father just passed a week ago. Um, unexpected very sad. You know, I let my emotions go. I can find some regulation and then it comes in waves, but I can allow myself to feel. And I bring my, I don't get stuck in it because I have to remember there was good, there was bad. And I can bring myself back to this neutral state. So I can, I can self-regulate so that I can think clearly because when you're outside of the the box, you're not going to think clearly one way or the other, sympathetic or parasympathetic. Whew. Um, Firstly, let me just say uh, my condolences and then my hope that uh, that a light perpetual uh, will shine upon him and mm -hmm. in, in, in just honor him in that way. And thank you for taking the time and, and being uh, in a position where you're healthy enough and, and going through the grieving and healing mm -hmm. process to, to make time for me and our, and our listeners. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I was honored to begin with. And, and if I can put honor on top of honor, I, I want to say thank you again for that. So just again, my condolences and, and light perpetual shine upon him. Yes. Thank you. Appreciate that. You're, you're welcome. All these things that you're hitting on and, and you're talking about like cortisol and, and adrenaline dumps and we, you know, most of us that are medical professionals and, and, and people in the world, we experience them and we're cognizant in many cases to know that something happened. Uh, the flushing of them, the time frame that it takes, and, and we're in a society now where immediate gratification, immediate change, and why can't you do this today? Mm -hmm. I have 56 years, how old am I? 56 years of, of messing up, failing, um, excuse me, doing horrible things and or having horrible things done in my presence to me or, or around us, right? Mm -hmm. That it's, I wish I could flip that switch. And my mom used to say, I wish I had a magic wand and, and make all your issues go away. And simultaneously, if I'm le leading this life and learning and growing through it, hopefully, <coughs> excuse me, that hope of whatever the eternal light and the eternal glory and the eternal, whatever that looks like for human beings, right, will eventually happen. And, 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 and I'm digging in now saying, I don't want to have to repeat this again and repeat it again in order to get that. And if that's right. what I have to do, I want to, but it, I mean, but at the same time, no, it's easier to kind of take myself off this plane and just be like, I, it's not worth it anymore. Mm -hmm. And then I, then I'm reminded about, I have a spouse and I have grandchildren and I have other kids and we have a blended family. And mm -hmm. this is a new chance for me to be that better everything that I wasn't five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. So if this plane is, is an ethereal space, or if we're doing it right now in the ethereal space, 
Um, I just want to honor the people and, and all the, the crap that they're going through and just say, uh, we are here for you. With that being said, and, and we've said a lot, you have done a lot to incorporate these things, uh, somatic breath work, yoga, the, the, the cold plunge, the sauna time. Let's dig into those a little bit more because that's one of the things that the article was important. And, and you had to ask how we can make this work. And then also you said, I'm going to do it kind of with and without permission. Now, how you do it at work is with permission. How you do it at home can be different. And managing that from a professional standpoint, and you're a professional coach, and you're also a command staff, <laughs> fire paramedic. It's how funny how they blend, right? Mm -hmm. So talk about that for us. You know, how when people can't see that the blend can happen in their own lives, you sharing a story of how you made things and worked with people that, that yes, anded you, they acknowledged your desire to do something and they added their piece to that. And then you have to collaborate and come to the best, best way to do things, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we don't know you, we're not gonna yes, but you. Uh, we want to give you the opportunity for the experience and, and still acknowledge where you are and it doesn't have to be where I am. So you've, do, you've done these things. So um, is it the job? We've talked about that, the role of diet. Um, let's touch upon diet for a minute because I know that you're passionate about that. And as, as humans, we need to be able to flush the cortisol. The, mm -hmm. you know. So talk about diet for a second and then let's talk about cold plunge and then... Uh, you know, I should have, I should have looked back at the study. So on a very basic level, when most of us are hungry, we have the term hangry because we get irritable. That alone tells you food plays into your mood. It plays into the state of your mental health. So you're the vagus nerve, which is the nerve. It's, it's a bundle of nerves really, but that's like, um, the telecommunicator from your brain to your gut. And that regulates, you know, your nervous system. We, we talk about vagal tone and polyvagal and all these things, but that's really the nerve they're talking about. And that runs straight into the gut. Well, depending on the food you eat, you have, you know, your gut bugs and that's where serotonin is made. That's like the feel good, right? You're, it's the precursor for melatonin as well. So if you're having problems sleeping, right, it could be contributing, it could be a uh, diet could be a contributing factor. Um, they did, uh, I, I don't want to misquote the study. I, I, I do have it linked in the article. Um, it was a, a really brief study done in a jail where all they did, they didn't change their food that they took, but they gave their control group a multivitamin and a um, essential fatty acid. That's it. And in that group, they saw like a 37% decrease in violence, violent acts, just that alone. Um, there was other, th other things, there was a decrease in discipline and things like that in that control group, which to me is just wild. Like that study blew my mind. Um, but so the food you eat, very, very important, like sugars and these, and like you said, you mentioned before the prebiotic, probiotic, I would say save them because they're not just about the body. They're not just about, you know, having a healthy poop. They're about having a healthy brain. Um, so just on that very basic level, when people say they're hangry, they don't realize it, but they already know food plays into your mood in a big way. So eating those, and, and each diet can be different for each person. They thrive differently. So maybe that's keto, maybe it's carnivore, maybe it's paleo, maybe it's uh, what's the Mediterranean, but a well-rounded balanced diet and a reduction in processed sugars and, you know, alcohol sterilizes the gut. I talk about that, especially because we, like you and I were both taught, my father was an alcoholic, right? Reach for the bottle. It'll fix your problem, at least for now. Mm -hmm. So there, there's a lot of things that happen in your gut that affect everything in your body. And people forget about that because we're always reaching outside. You can reach outside for food, healthy food. 100%. Yeah. So I, I just want to reiterate the, the article. And, and there's some great resources in the in the links that you cited. It is the Nervous System Resuscitation for First Responders by Crystal Little. It is in EMS World. Um, so I highly recommend you look at that. And then the, uh, she highlighted, uh, or they're in the writing, but there are some fantastic references. And the one that she was talking about was um, influences supplementary vitamins, minerals, and essential fatty acids 
on the antisocial behavior of young adults and prisoners. Mm-hmm. So a very, very good uh, read for me and how we can get better. And there's this argument between uh, increasing levels of education for paramedics, becoming paramedic practitioners, becoming this, that, and the other thing. I've been studying, I have four extra psychology courses. I just finished microbiology, uh, organic chem, uh, biochem, A&P separately, anatomy and physiology separately. I'm a better human because of those things. I'm a better uh, paramedic, certainly because of that study. Um, and, and I'm better for this guy, you know, me, because I have a better understanding of how and why things work. And, and they honestly take away a lot of those arguments that I can engage in uh, w- with lack of information and feel like, you know, I'm a good keyboard warrior when I understand things at the, at the cellular level and how mm-hmm. a vaccine actually does work versus, you know, certain theories that would say that they are, you know, and I'm not going to get on that specifically, but mm-hmm. so there are things that matter and there are things that we need that our body does not make. We need to supplement them. We need to add them to our diets um, in order to be the best, healthiest person we can be. Um, we can't get it all through food is, is, is difficult right. as that is to hear uh, for some people. So role of diet is profoundly important. You do yoga. You're, you use yoga to heal, right, in, in certain ways. Um, and you use it to downregulate the parasympathetic or the sympathetic responses. So can we talk about that for a few minutes in oh. yoga <laughs> and what it does? And, and then I don't know if that touches on the somatic breathing aspect because I don't know how they're related for you. A um, little bit. Okay, yeah. so if, if, if we get on the fringes of that, but the yeah, pers- I, can, I can interweave those two. Perfect. Um, you know, so everyone knows yoga, the poses, you know, the acrobatics. Um, really, the asana and yoga is really just to sit and breathe. That is, if you're doing that, you're doing yoga. But yoga, it does stimulate. So I, I, I my passion is the hot power yoga I will do more yin stuff too because I had it was very uncomfortable so when I talk about these different therapies sometimes eating the right diet it's uncomfortable it's not I mean you can make healthy food delicious but most people have this idea that it's not always enjoyable getting in a cold tub not enjoyable breath work not enjoyable yoga is hard it's hard it does stimulate so if you're doing like a powerful class it will stimulate your nervous system Um, but typically the, I mean, the way we're taught yoga teachers, right. We want to, you warm the body, you bring them up, you have like a peak and then you bring them down. So you're getting that kind of exhilaration, that, um, that exuberance, the energy of it. And then you start to bring them down slowly, right. Where they eventually are laying on the back flat. So it's kind of like a somatic breathing, um, like, uh, session where we, stimulate the sympathetic with a type of breath and breathing to clear. And then we bring them down basically with, you know, a nasal more um, repatterning breath is what we call it. So we are not only are we clearing out space in the breath work, then we're bringing in what's your passion, what met, what's your soul have to say to you? Like where are your limitations? Where are you holding yourself back? Where can you let yourself in? And we do the same thing in yoga. I tell people in my yoga classes constantly how you talk to yourself on your mat when you fall out of a pose or you feel like you're weak or you're tired or this is too hard or it's too hot, like, and you're making excuses and you're, or you're bashing yourself because yesterday was better or you, you used to be able to do this, but now you can't, you know, how you talk to yourself, that, that relationship you hold within yourself is the utmost important relationship you will ever have in your life. And I didn't understand that for the first, I don't even know how many years I was practicing yoga and I get it because I would try to, I look at the person next to me because I'm a competitor and you should not be competing with anybody in yoga. So you get hurt, but <laughs> I look over and, I'd be like, and then if I couldn't do it, I'd be like, I'd be annoyed with myself and that's not doing anything for me. And once I grasped that concept using blocks or um, props as assists, um, you know, you got to put your ego down. 
and treat your body with kindness and then talk to yourself, be like, man, my hips today, I can't go that deep today. I'm going to stay here and I'm going to nourish myself. And I'm going to tell myself that it's okay and treat myself with grace and compassion because that's how I want to have, I want that relationship within myself. I want to treat you that way. I want to treat my partner that way. I want to treat everybody I work with that way. Uh, and it starts with me. If I can't give myself compassion, then what does that leave for anybody else? And you mentioned, you know, I am a coach, you know, it's health and wellness coach. It's kind of weaved it way into now I'm a nervous system resuscitation coach. It's kind of like my niche. Cause that's, that's what saved me. And I want to guide people. And that might be different for everybody, but even in my job as command staff, I'm a coach right? These guys, my chief always says to me, he goes, man, these guys spill their guts to you. And I said, yeah, because one, I don't betray their trust. I don't go telling people the things they tell me. And, you know, I see them and I hear them and I, I just ask questions and I, they feel heard whether or not they do anything with what we talk about. Maybe they will, maybe they won't, but they feel better when they leave. And so I'm not going to tell them, you know, so I get to coach. I'm a facilitator. I get to be that energy not just when I'm coaching or teaching yoga, but even at the fire department. And, and that's, that's been really rewarding as well. So I love hearing that. And we preface this recording with uh, a conversation on vulnerability. They're witnessing your actions, not your words. And so thus there's, there's a level of integrity they see within you and your, in your manifestations of your behaviors. So you're creating that safe space by allowing them then, because you've already acknowledged it, they don't deserve to give you, or you don't deserve them if you're not being your, mm -hmm. we used to say always authentic self. And one of the things I'm learning through this week of, of this study, Dare to Lead, is genuine authenticity. Because that could be an authentic asshole and be, <laughs> yeah. my, be my authentic self, right? And yeah. who, who wants to be vulnerable around me because mm -hmm. what person am I, was I going to be 10 years ago, 15, 20 years ago, very good at what I did. But if I was going through that wall, I'd also go through you. If you're bringing me your arms and, you know, so they see genuine authenticity in the you, the coach, the, the you know, there's strength in that vulnerability and, and you honor that within yourself. So they see that. So if they were to come to a yoga session with you, and I have a fused ankle and I have a pacemaker and I have this limitation and this in my hand that yes. they're, they're not going to see you trying to destroy yourself or compete with me to show off. Mm -mm. And so that's the same thing in the emotional and self-regulation genre as well. You're going to be your genuine authentic self and that's going to be enough. Yes. And sharing with them, right? I share struggles. And I was just very open. And I, I've seen their faces. They're like shocked because uh, when I, especially when I wrote this article, I got an outpouring of people saying, man, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. And I'm like, nobody knew. My mother was like, I'm so sorry. I should have known. I'm your mother. I'm like, nobody knew. We hide it. We're like cats. You never know when a cat's sick until it's way late in the game. And that's just how, how we do it. So creating that space of vulnerability. And just like I said, uh, you reminded me doing yoga with these guys. I have uh, one of my guys, he's going through a lot right now and he's very like hyperactive, always pacing, always moving, always shaking. And I said, come on, dude, the guys want to do yoga. Let's come on. And he's like, no. And I'm like, I'm like, I've, I've a couple times I've gone there. He hasn't participated. I said, will you please? I said, will you do it for me? Promise. Like, like you don't have to do the meditation. Cause he's like, well, I can't do that. I said, okay. When I tell you 45 minutes in, some gentle movement. I keep them on the mat. I'm not trying to make them do anything crazy. I want them to feel good. I want to, you know, I do some hands-on touch. I always ask permission to, because even though they are probably okay with me touching them, I always ask permission. It's just a trauma informed thing. Like, are you okay? And I don't, you know, I barely touch them, but just that, that regulate that co-regulation between what I'm feeling. I can pass that through to them. They feel that calmness. And this one in particular, he, and when I brought them down to the ground and I had them lay there for 10 minutes, I did a whole body relaxation meditation with them with music and all that. And I bring them back out. And I mean, if you could see the energy of a person, right, their aura, like the, all of them had just softened. And now I know when this guy goes to run a call, he's going to be nicer. He's going to make better decisions because he's got more clarity. There's less likely he's going to make a stupid move and like hurt his back because he's just in a 
more relaxed, calm, regulated state. And like, it was such a stark. And I was like, how do you feel? He's like, man, that was amazing. I was like, yeah, I go, you don't gotta be scared of it. I'm not, I'm not going to come in here and try to show off any kind of moves that that's not what I'm here for you for. And you just reminded me of that when you said that, because there's a a level of fear there. And the more I do this, the more trust I create with them. And I check on them. You know, I reach out to them. How are you doing? Like, you felt a little weird to me today. Are you good? And they'll tell me if they're not, where before they probably wouldn't. It's creating that space for vulnerability and safety because they need to feel safe first in our battalion under command staff. That That's heavy on their mental health. That's heavy. They got to know that they're protected and safe and cared for as a person and then the firefighter. But I care about them as people first. Yeah, you're willing to see them as the human being, the person um, with everything that that comes with. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, they were chosen out of however many applicants that they, they were, they were chosen to be in this role and position. And oftentimes we can forget the whys and the hows we got to where we are to the mm-hmm. joys and the passions and the loves that we seek and the why we want to do what we did as a paramedic or a firefighter in my case, a flight paramedic, um, with all of these wonderful, joyful things that I've gotten, um, I was still chosen. There was an applicant pool. And a lot of times we forget that because of so many things that are happening around us and to us. Um, we're coming coming towards that kind of time frame, and I and I was curious uh, if it's okay with you. I want to share a couple of things, and I got these from your site, and I want to be mindful too of trauma informed. These conversations bring up feelings and emotions, and mm-hmm. and and as you're listening. Um, we didn't necessarily touch on a few, uh, we, we very specific on the alcohol and the alcoholism point, but we, we skirted around other things. So if you're having feelings and you've heard this and you have an EAP or you already have a, a relationship with a therapist or a counselor, we want you to reach out or there's 988 if you're uncomfortable with what we've had a conversation about or, or if it sparked something within you, it was yeah. a catalyst for a feeling or an emotion, um, because our minds will take us places that we, that, you know, are uncomfortable, but also they're that weird safe spot where we kind of wrap ourselves around the trauma because we know it. It's easier to wrap ourselves around what we know. And mm-hmm. I can get through this. I don't want to do an improv exercise or I don't want to do yoga where I'm having the exact same feelings. I just am not having the consequences or I'm able to regulate my sense of being when I'm doing yoga and I'm going to be more calm or here we were having a conversation after doing a silly game but I want to remind the listeners of what some of these things do and I got it from your website the happy hormones oxytocin snuggling with a loved one getting massage petting an animal hugging yourself (laughs) hugging yourself is important and people ask how do you do that and it's very weird who's watching you hug yourself it's going to release the oxytocin it's the cuddle or the love hormone. If you want to release the endorphins, the easer of discomfort. Some people are going to use and diffuse essential oils. Some people are going to laugh about essential oils. That's fine, but don't should on them. Don't should on them. They should have done this. Do you and, and let that be okay, right? Um, laughing out loud, one of the things that we do um, and, and try to create you know, the amygdala and the hippocampus and the limbic system, when you start feeling again, it can be overwhelming. And if we can start doing it through laughter or a sense of peace and calm in that tranquil space or that ferocious space of hot yoga or the sauna or that cold bath that you're doing, Mm -hmm. let's make it happen because it's going to be safe. We've gone through the traumas and, and we know how to watch for those catalysts that are coming up. Moving your body and meditating, it's going to release endorphins. Serotonin, your mood sterilizer. I hope it doesn't sterilize my Stabilizer. Mood. Stabilizer, yeah, thank you. <laughs> and in some cases, maybe I need it to sterilize my mood because I just need to be. Mm. Um, but sitting in the sun, it's one of my favorite things. Uh, mm-hmm. getting, getting enough sleep, I don't do that. Um, using adaptogenic herbs, and I want you to touch on that for a second, and socializing and connecting. 
and, and mm -hmm. see again that goes to your core you know we engaging yeah. connecting being that that that's a serious mood stabilizer and yeah we know that there's science in leaning in that action plus uh, empathy is compassion when you lean into compassion not only yourself but for others we're actually going to be more invigorated and mm -hmm. these things are going to be taking care of us um but do you want to talk about adaptogenic herbs really quickly so the cool thing about like the medicinal mushrooms people hear about lion's mane and chaga and turkey tail um they all have different purposes but they they kind of work with your nervous system in the fact like if you're um some people are more um like they're more sympathetic there's another term that i'm losing right now but basically the medicinal mushrooms can kind of bring you back down to a space or they can kind of upregulate they keep you in this nice um cushy calm area but they work within the body and they kind of give you what you need so those those are the adaptogens for that so some people are um like uh renal insufficiency and things like that they um they'll kind of lean into that but the, so those are things like they have teas like lion's mane tea um a lot of people will do that like in the morning um but things so those help a lot thank um, you being aware oh uh, one thing i wanted to touch on gratitude yeah. mm. so we're talking about compassion and empathy and all this but um i have to say like i have i have lived you know a lot of life i mean in my i'll be 40 next month but i have had a lot of experiences i've had a lot of great experiences and a lot of bad experiences and i gotta say you know you live a story of this, this is what happened to me. This is why I'm the way I am and all these, whatever. But even in those darkness, like what drove me down there, the people that were not supporting me, they exposed in me what I needed to give more love to, what I needed to heal. And without those experiences, I wouldn't be sitting here today. There's absolutely no way that I, and I'm so grateful for the people who have wronged me, the people who have loved me, the people who have supported me and the ones who tried to destroy me. That's, I am so grateful to all of them. And it's not a toxic positivity way. It's, it's, I'm just really grateful for those experiences because it built me and I, I had, and I had to build me, right. I had to, without those experiences, I wouldn't have seen the cracks that needed, you know, a little bit more love. And the work is never done, but I have so much gratitude for it. And I think that also plays into the the healing. You got to have gratitude for where you've been. Like, I'm grateful I hit that rock bottom. I know what it's like. It's given me this, this dialogue with people that, that I would love to reach. And without that experience, maybe I couldn't. Yes. Thank you very much for saying that. Uh, part of the lesson and the learning over this three days that I'm doing with the Brene Brown Dare to Lead uh, cohort is is that gratitude piece and i love that you mentioned it's not toxic positivity and daniel sundall and i talked about that several weeks ago um it truly has to be um that sense of gratitude for that worst place and that person that literally caused you grievous harm and trauma uh physically emotionally spiritually all those things maybe simultaneously in that action and behavior because otherwise as one person mentioned in the cohort i would just say f it all right because yeah. if if i can't honor that for where i am today i'm gonna get the gun again i'm yeah. gonna take the pills again i'm gonna just start drinking again to to a point where i'm gonna be incoherent and it doesn't yeah. matter we numb we numb until the guilt and shame cycle comes back in yeah and if and i can when you're numb you can't feel the good and you can't feel the bad you keep yourself in this very narrow window of feeling we numb so you got to feel it all. Yes. Um, before we end and before I give you the outro or give the outro and, and, and you a couple of minutes to share, dopamine was the other thing I wanted to, and we mm. talk about it and, you know, completing a task, you know, there, there, there's this awesome uh, commencement speech by a, a, like a three-star general. And he said, get oh, up and make your bed make in your the morning. Bed. Right. I love that one. Complete yeah. it. It's completing a task. It literally is a dopaminic, uh, dopaminergic catalyst right? Mm -hmm. Completing any task, mm -hmm. do yoga once, experience that, do our improv stuff, experience it, listening to music, celebrating small wins. Mm -hmm. Big thing here though, listeners practicing self-care. And that's kind of the, the impetus for the entire conversation that we've had, mm -hmm. right? For you writing the article, uh, for you wanting to connect further uh, with people, 
so you could actually truly be engaged to mm -hmm. meet them if they're if they're most vulnerable to meet them where they are so with that being said crystal before i do our ending and conclusion time what would you like to after this about an hour that we've shared time and space with like to to kind of leave our listeners with well there is no right way to do this there's no wrong way either i encourage everyone to explore different things um that could be you know getting more connected i was very isolated right so it started by getting connection with healthy people um maybe that for you is just simple going for a walk and paying not with the music not with a book just paying attention. I, I tell people I'm like uh, the funny neighbor. I peek in people's backyards to check out their landscape to see like what I want to do in my yard. But I'm very present with when I'm my walking. But some people are like, oh, I can't do cold. I can't do this. Well, go for a walk. Spend some time outside. You know, get some sunlight. Uh, maybe you try certain things and you're like, nope, that didn't work for me. But maybe don't put it out of the realm of possibilities for later. I don't do all of these things every day. You know, I wish I could, but that's a job. I don't have that kind of time. So I, I recognize, you know, for me, the cold plunge, I can do that in two to three minutes real quick. And that's a, that's a big dopamine hit. I mean, elevated dopamine for six plus hours, 200%, like it's, it's significant mood elevating and invigoration, but that might not be for you yet. Maybe it's sauna, maybe it's, there's a ton of other things, um, float tanks or another thing I, I also incorporate. I didn't even touch on that. Um, just don't give up on yourself and know that the answers are within. So whatever resonates with you, like explore it. And if it's not for you today, come back in a month or two or three or six and explore it again, because as you start to regulate, you can handle more. Like we, we run short on resources when we're dysregulated. I was extremely, I was a crazy person. I was so reactive. Now I've got a lot more space. So as you do practices, as you do these things, come back to the ones that may have seemed too much for you and try them again, because as you develop more vagal tone, as you become more regulated, you'll have more space. Wow. Yes, yes, yes. And yes. What I heard and felt was there is a structure. You've given yourself boundaries. You've created space for a fluidity versus a rigidity, which is creating mm -hmm. the reactionary response. You're giving yourself the opportunity to respond. And that response might be something that was contrary to who you were yesterday. Oh. Oh, yeah. and, and and that's the best part of what these processes and steps and help and, and tools uh, and exercises can do. We're not, we're not, you and I are not asking for them to change who they are overnight. Mm -hmm. we're, we're just asking you to recognize one thing that if you could make the response incrementally, infinitesimally better, that you're not going to put yourself in that guilt, shame loop again is badly tomorrow and you're going to go there tomorrow one little step at a time and and mm -hmm. you know if part of it's making amends to yourself and being grateful for yourself that you've endured all of this pain and this suffering some of which you've caused yourself mm. but most of which has been what you've been been involved in yeah. or or had to suffer we we get that so um I'm grateful for you and your time and your share. So I want to just say that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, listeners, however you identify, and we honor that. This is and has been the EMS Improv Podcast, where we have engaged. We've very much tried to be mindful, and we've definitely shared and told some stories. I look forward to continuing whatever this will look like relationally for us, and um, in, in, in just my hopes and the interactions that we are relational. We are, and you're, and you're very specific in saying this in that article, you know, we, we know everything doesn't work for everyone and it's not a one size fits all. And, and you've said that, and we, we also honor that. We, we do know a way out and we do know ways that can help and we are connectors as well. So if we aren't the ones that you can approach, at least for us to show you some tools, tricks, uh, skills, um, we can 
share with you people that might be better for you. Mm-hmm. So if reaching out isn't because you're reaching out because Eric, I like you, that's cool. You don't have to like me. And also I want to help get you to the person or persons that will will resonate with your spirit. And I and I believe that Crystal, you're gonna say or feel the same way. Absolutely. You're, you might not be, you might just need to find the guide that will bring you back home to yourself. So that, that is fundamental to you. And I want you to repeat that again, and then let people know how they can contact you uh, or through your website, please. Yeah. Just remember that you are your own answer. You are magic. Every single one of you out there, you are magic. The magic's within. You just have to remember it's there. Maybe you need someone to help you find that within. Uh, you can find me at a little reset.com. Um, if anyone needs a little reset, right? That's it. It's cute. It's my name. And also Instagram, a underscore little underscore reset. You are magic. And on LinkedIn. Everyone's magic. You are magic. And as I say, and try to end these with, may a peace which surpasses all understanding be with you and each one of you out there. And until next time, thank you. Thank you, Crystal. Thank you.